HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are a member-supported nonprofit food radio station. That means that every single thing we do, from broadcasting 35 weekly shows for free to bringing you exclusive content from sold-out food events across the country to offering scholarships to high school students, is only possible thanks to the support of our loyal members. And we want you to join the club. Become a member during our 2017 Summer Drive to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member now. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. My name is Souther Teague. I'm going to host the show today solo. Damon's out riding his motorcycle. He just refurbished, and it's it's fucking holiday time, man. Fourth of July, America. Uh, If you go to his uh, Instagram account, Damon Bolte, B-O-E-L-T-E, you can see a photo of his bike. It's amazing. Um, But in the studio today, I've got a couple of my good friends, Russell Dillon from from Basic and Is Basic Mm. and Eric Job. Hola. Of Mexico. See, <laughs> Are you good? How does your Spanish come along, by the way? Mm, I see, I see. All right. Are you does that make any whole, sense? Are you going to do the whole show in Spanish? Mm. <laughs> it's going to be a short show. <laughs> <laughs> you got to talk about eggs and cats, and after that. Huevos y gatos, sí. Oh, all right. Huevos and whatnot. Um, anyway, so this is our little sort of post Fourth of July show. I saw you guys at a party yesterday over at the Latrell's place. Which Great is a party. kind of a somewhat yeah. annual Thanks, event. Thanks, guys. I think. Yeah. Um, always a good time. And, you know, uh, I, if, for the listeners, I had mentioned that the team from Diamond Reef were going to be here today, but they had to fly down to Nashville to take care of some business. So, uh, bummer. I had to get my substitutes in here. And luckily, <coughs> it's, uh, it's, it's always nice to be some l- second chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> luckily, I saw these two guys at a party yesterday. We've, we've kind of been the backup Sammy and Mickey for years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. yeah. I kind of see it looking at you. We're their stunt doubles. <laughs> Someone's like, hey, shake this cocktail in fire. 
Hey, zip off the cliff on a, on a Vespa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about you first, Russell. What, uh, you know, I don't really know kind of your origin story. Um, um, well, I'm originally from New York. I don't want to go back to birth. I thought we were going to go. <laughs> it's one of my two. favorite memories. <laughs> um, no, I grew up in Long Island, bounced around New England and Vermont for college and grad school, and then was in San Francisco for 10 years, moved back about five years ago. Right, because I think I've known you pretty much since you got back then. Yeah. That's right. In the, from the time of the JFK men's room. Well, I you seem that. like an interesting guy. Terminal oh, C. C. Yeah, I'm I mean, beer now. <laughs> I don't know if the C is. I'm going to a little tequila. I'm going to have a little tequila and beer. Hey, huh? <laughs> there's, a, there's ways to go. Ah. Yeah, crack them open, team. We can get in this game. Um, so, okay. And what were you doing all that time? Were you in bars? Uh, yeah, I started Were you working. behind bars? Uh, Jesus Christ. Narrowly avoided many times. But uh, I started bartending probably about 15 years ago. I moved out there to try to get a college professor job. I just finished my MFA in poetry and started... Well, I was basically like on the verge of being homeless and having to come back to New York. So you were a poet. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> Isn't that how it works? Thanks, oh. art school. You're qualified to do anything. Yeah, you're qualified to be homeless. Yeah, exactly. But um, that's, that gives you that gritty real life to your poetry, right? And he still looks homeless, which is great. It's true. Find one thing and go with it. Stick with your look. I started working in bars because I bumped into a guy in the laundromat that had an Emerson College shirt on, and it turned out we were in the same comedy writing class together and he was bartending so he started me off working the door which was funny because I was even like less imposing then so I put on like four sweatshirts and went up there and (laughs) my big line was guys like you're kind of small to be a door guy I was like yeah well so did Patrick Swayze and he ripped that guy's fucking neck out (laughs) Roadhouse fair Roadhouse yeah um and then so you worked the door but what what moved you behind the bar what what compelled you to jump behind the bar uh, I worked the door, and then one day the bar back was hurt, and they called me, and I looked close to the bar, and I ran in, and then they were like, hey, you're not really terrible at this. Once again, you were the second chance. It's, yeah, man. <laughs> Story of your life. Yeah. You know, my family wanted to call me Plan B, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, they were allowed to Plan B. <laughs> That's probably so they had to come up with a real name. <laughs> what bar was this where you were running the door? Uh, it was a bar called Solstice, which is no longer there, mm-hmm. and then I ended up uh, working at a bar called Fly Bar. Uh, for 10 years. Holy cow. Yeah, I'm sort of one of those, like, I get in somewhere and stay. It's like a deep-rooting fungus. It's it's no joke, like, you'll meet people that have known Russell forever from San Like, Joey Vargas is a prime example. (laughs) I was his college bartender. Yeah, like, Joey was going to college in San Francisco, and... Russell was the one who was predominantly getting him drunk during college. So, like, watching them, like, interact in Brooklyn. Is- it was actually the first time that I was at Basic. I was out visiting, and I was sitting at the bar, and I saw this guy staring at me. And I was like, oh, shit. I haven't lived in New York in, like, ten years. I'm not sure who this is. I don't know why they're, like, mad-dogging me. Right. And he so came. this guy money? <clears throat> yeah, and he came. You know, Joey's an imposing-looking guy before you get to, like, the, the heart of the Smiths. And, the, you know. <laughs> and his love for Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean, you didn't look at him and think, is the bass player from No Doubt grilling me right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, he came over, and he was just like, San Francisco, right? And I was like, yep. Uh, he's like, oh my god, Russell, you got me drunk all through college. I was like, cool, what are you doing now? He's like, I'm bartending. I was like, I'm sorry, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, turned another one. Yeah, it's one of those, like, you were my tutor. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, unemployable. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so when you got back to New York, 
Where did you go to work? Um, I kind of bounced around at a couple places that I didn't enjoy. Um, and then I sat down with Jay. And it was really kind of... In a studio as well. Right? It was a grilling interview process where he was like, we're going to start doing brunch. Do you want to work brunch? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And he's like, Saturday. Anything else? I was like, nope. So then I've been there ever since. And that's, that's been a while. Like I, I, I associate you with basic all the time. <clears throat> five years. So basically the whole time I've known you, the whole time you've been yeah. back in New York. I mean, I had a couple other jobs to sort of supplement that as like people were leaving and opening up their own spots. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I'm just moving further and further in to the point that I'll be living in the basement of the bar. So now you're... You, <laughs> you excited about that? I've <laughs> been looking forward to it. So now you're... Uh, he's paying rent. <laughs> <laughs> so no. <laughs> uh, you're behind the bar, basic. You have a degree in poetry. Yeah. You... Uh, by the way, I had mentioned to you to bring two things today. Did you bring them both? I don't remember what you asked me. You asked me at a party. In, said, at the beginning of I the party. I said to Eric, bring tequila, which is here on the bar, yeah, on the table, whatever this is. And I said to you, bring dice. Uh, no, I didn't bring You're dice. You're known for nothing but dice. I know. I'm trying to change Kayla Mata's in the room. She God looks like she's it. got dice in her pocket. <laughs> okay. I'm just, you know, it's just a thing that's like a totem. Like, I, I, I associate you with drinking and gambling and poetry. You're like my personal Bukowski. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like the uncle I wasn't allowed to hang out with for good reason. <laughs> man, I can't wait for you to read his poetry. Uh, <laughs> Hit the table with those. Boom. That's the sound I associate with I was Russell really hoping Dylan. she was going to roll off the table. Wait, really what'd she roll, though? Russell's really eyeballing him. What'd she roll? I seriously was like, all right, who's hot today? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, you have on the table as well your book of poetry, which yeah. I didn't even know existed. I feel embarrassed to say that about a friend of mine. That's yeah, okay. Most out. people don't. <laughs> Is that the one copy? Yeah. <laughs> Does your mom have You a didn't copy? look inside. It's all written in crayon and stuff. It's just like a bunch of pictures of things with arrows. <laughs> Does your mom have a copy? <laughs> she does. All right, yeah. that's good. So you've got a book that's published. You're yeah. a published poet. Yeah. And also, you went to school for that. I did. And now you stand behind a bar for five years. Yeah. And you continue to write poetry. That's I love that. What? Yeah, it's one of those things where I remember you went away to some crazy retreat. You hid yeah. in the woods for like a month. <clears throat> yeah, I had a, a was resident. that an actual place or was that just you hiding in the woods? Yeah, it's at the Vermont Studio Center. I had a residency that they sent me up there in a fellowship, and they're just kind of like, "Hey, go in this room and write." Kind of need a little bit more guidance than that, guys. I'm not like a have structure on his own. <laughs> yeah, it was really tough for me. Works yeah. works best with others. I wrote a lot of letters. I'm just going to chime in here because Russ would never tell you this on his own. But there, I believe last year, maybe two years ago, uh, there was a professor at Carnegie Mellon, I think, that taught his book as part of their curriculum. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, I went down there and no did, a, yeah. did a reading at Carnegie Mellon. And I remember that, couple, actually. Couple you, class. you posted it out on social. I saw that. I was, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I like it, man. It's, it's, it's definitely one of those things. When I started out bartending, it was kind of like robbing Peter to pay Paul. That it was just my money job, sure. and I didn't care as much about it. And you know, after time, wanting to improve and meeting people in the industry that are so far and away more elevated in their craft than I am in the bartending, so like really good opportunity to learn from them. And now I think it's probably like fifty-fifty for me. I'm not embarrassed to say like I love tending bar, and that I think I'm really lucky to have a job that. Allows me to do both. You know, it, frankly, it shows. By the way, whenever I sit at your bar, you—I um, don't know—I don't, I don't think you should think of yourself any lower than anybody else. You—you you seem to really enjoy the job, and you really take care of people, which is what bartending is. To yeah, me. there's, yeah, 
I mean, it's. I think that's the most important. And then you gamble with them and take all their money. It's true. <laughs> I do. He very, I, very rarely takes all their money. I do know. <laughs> I do know in, in my in my heart of hearts when I go to your bar not to bring any cash with me. Well, it's because I always thought there's an that ATM. way I could just avoid the bullet. There's right? an ATM right outside. Dodge it. I'll be very honest. Um, I've lived in New York uh, as of three days ago for the last eight years. And uh, happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Um, the. ATM that has taken the most of my money would be Corner Bistro. Uh, I ran a bar that was a seven and a half minute walk from there. And so if I was working a double, I would go over, have a cheeseburger, have a McSoyers Dark and a shot of Jameson, run back, finish my shift, and then come back for dinner at two o'clock in the morning. Which would be what? Uh, I would have a bistro burger, a medium rare, uh, a side of fries. <laughs> two if burgers my, in if a my, day. If, I was going to say, if my bar back was with me, I would have had a bistro burger for lunch with fries. Then I'd have a bistro burger. We'd split fries and we'd get a grilled cheese. <laughs> We'd both have a burger. Because one day he looked at me and he's like, we probably shouldn't eat three burgers between the two of us. And I was like, yeah, that seems fair. But a grilled cheese doesn't seem right. aggressive. That, um, it's like an appetizer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I would have so, two, bush. two burgers and a half so of fancy. grilled cheese. And then, you know, at the end of the night, you'd have like five shots of Jameson and like three McSoyles. But for the longest time, that was the reigning ATM that has taken the most money from my pocket. Until now. Until the basic ATM, which... Did you get a cut from that machine? I wish, man. The bong store next door. I was going to say, <laughs> it actually prints that with like the bong store name on it. Um, which is almost, I'm like, oh, I wish it said basic and I'd feel better about it. Yeah. Um, you wake up in the morning with like a bong you didn't plan on buying. Like yeah. one crumpled dollar bill and a whole lot of regret. <laughs> Just like... I honestly have gone to pay for things the next far. day, and I've known that I was with Russell because I'd reach into my pocket to like grab my keys or something, and I'll have like a wadded up like a bunch of ones, and I'm like, oh man, did I have a good night or a bad night? And then I start counting it, and then I look at my receipts from the ATM, just like, nope. This, <laughs> is, not- <laughs> this is why I have trouble getting people to the bar on Monday. By the way, <laughs> Jay's like, everyone came in and said they were really hungover. Uh, they and said they were here last night. I was like, oh, well, you know, when you love your job, <laughs> attack it with some enthusiasm. <laughs> and I hate sober people, man. I mean, Sunday is... Unless that's a choice. I'm, 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 I'm going to direct, yeah. direct my attention this way, actually. Sunday, it, it, it's kind of like the hot day at, at that spot. In the daytime, right? Yeah, man. So, all day and night. It goes in waves. Do you do a double that day, Russell? Yep. 16 oh, hours. Every, every Sunday. Every Sunday. For years. And I've offered to take him off Sunday mornings. He doesn't want to. He likes, seems to like it. Um, I, I complain. I'm like, oh, God, it's so long. Blah, blah, blah. And like, it makes people feel bad. And then they come in. And someone's like, do you want to give that day up? It's like, no. Yeah, that's got to be your cash cow for you for both of you in new york city sundays have always been kind of like a like a, a chapel for bartenders i feel like you know in a way uh like a soft started doing the sunday nights at employees only years ago sorry i'm talking away from my microphone uh and then sam and mickey worked milk and honey forever on sunday nights and right. i feel like it's always a good day to find a good bartender and people just i don't know maybe this is kind of the moment in the sun for basic and Russell's ran. That's rad. I mean, I I, I uh, ran with it, led the charge. It seems I uh, I came in there the week after I broke my arm. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I was honestly just coming to see you. You had texted me and said, "Hey, come see me at the bar." And I was like, eh, you know, I can't really work or do anything. I'll go over there." <laughs> I, I, don't I sat at the corner of the bar and like fifty friends came through yeah, in the yeah. two and a half hours that I was mm-hmm. there. It was like a great spot for me to just yeah, hang man. out and say hello to everyone. And I can tell you what too is like for me the amount of traveling that I do with my job. It's almost always guaranteed that I'll be in New York on a Sunday. Uh, but I'm only here 30% of the time. So for me, there's something very special about going to basic on Sundays and, like, sitting down at my seat and just, like, actually getting to, like, hug, like you said, like 50 people. Yeah. And, and you know, he always gives me a hard time because he'll be like, oh, just keep your tab open. That way I know you're going to come back. <laughs> um, and I've, I've honestly been back, like, five times on a Sunday if we're, like, I would go meet him for, like, the first drink of the day and then 
you know, go see someone at BCC, pop back, go to the city for a while, come back. And at the end of it, I'm like, how did I spend $500 today? And I'm like, oh, because I've been here six times today. Um, At 1 a.m., I'm like, hey, man, your credit card's here. I'm not taking it home and bringing it to you tomorrow, so you better. uh, Thank you, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Patron. Well, we're going to pause right there because then we're going to shift our attention and talk to you a little bit more about what it is you do. We're going to take a break and listen to our sponsors. And in the meantime, we're going to drink some delicious Altos tequila. Excellent. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. Heritage Foods USA is a farm-to-table online butcher and founded sponsor of Heritage Radio Network. Patrick Martins founded Heritage Foods USA in 2002 to save endangered species of livestock from extinction. He learned about the plight of endangered foods while working for Slow Food, a nonprofit started in 1986 in Italy when the first McDonald's opened on the Spanish steps of Rome. To counter the homogenizing effects of fast food, Slow Food was formed to bring attention to regional cuisines and ingredients. By 2000, Patrick was the president of Slow Foods USA and working on adding heritage breeds to their arc of taste, but he decided to go further than a metaphorical arc and actually do something to preserve rare breeds. That was the moment that Heritage Foods' slogan, Eat Them to Save Them, was born. By creating a market for delicious meats from Heritage Breeds, we can ensure they'll be around for generations to come. Plus, Heritage Breeds just tastes a whole lot better. Learn more at HeritageFoodsUSA.com and use the code HERITAGERADIO for two free pork chops with your first order, brother. Two free pork chops. That's amazing. (laughs) Heritage is the shit. Uh, so yeah, we're coming back from the break. We've drank some tequila while we were off the air, and we're going to now talk a little bit to Eric Job. We're, gonna, we're just going to chat with you about stuff. You fly to Mexico a lot, though. I do. Uh, I travel a lot these days. You wouldn't believe it looking at uh, my tan. Your um, non-existent tan. I'll never forget when I started this there's job. There's no sun in an airplane, Eric. <laughs> That's very true. Well, there's a lot of it, but it doesn't affect me at all. Um, <laughs> when I started like uh, traveling a ton, my markets were Boston, Chicago... New York, Denver, and I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to get a tan, it's okay. Um, and then about a year into the gig, they are like, you know what, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Uh, you're going to have Miami, Atlanta, and then still Chicago and New York and Denver, and I was like, all right, I'm going to get a tan. Like, I have to go to Mexico. Like, it's work. I'm down there learning. I'm in the agave fields. This is great. I'm going to be so tan. Nope. Not working out. Oh, seriously. man, they, they give me such a hard time in Mexico. They're like, hey, maybe you'll get a tan this time. What do they call it? Chapitos. Chapitas. Chapitas, which means little job. Yeah, more or less. Um, <laughs> our message is still there, uh, a guy named Jesus Hernandez, who's maybe one of the sweetest humans I've ever met in my entire life. I love uh, him. He's, he's so good. Um, actually, one of my favorite, we'll cross over into basic again. Uh, Jesus was in New York and uh, doing a bunch of trainings. So we all went out to dinner, and at the end of the dinner, Russell had, had a little bit of tequila. And he looked at him. He's like, I, I, I don't want to bother you, but I'd really like it if you could uh, come see my bar. Uh, my owner's behind the bar tonight. It's Munjay. Um, can, can we steal you away for that? Munjay. <laughs> and he was like, Yes, I could do one. He, he goes to sleep a little early, uh, but he was like, I can do one. And so Russ was so nervous that when we walked to the front door, he just left and bought a <laughs> box of cannolis. I ran around the corner of Fortune 100 Brothers and was like, have you ever had a cannoli? They're great. I don't even know how to describe them. (laughs) Some of the best cannolis in Brooklyn. Yeah, they're amazing. So good, so good. Uh, And it's funny because Jay's wife, Joe, was uh, correcting papers. Uh, She's a teacher. And we walked to the front door and I was like, Joe, this is Jesus. He's our master distiller. And she's like, oh, I love your tequila. (laughs) She's like grading papers like this is perfect. So, you know, Jay made him a cocktail and Russell made sure he was comfortable. And he's like, I can go home now. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems like you guys are going to do this for many more hours. <laughs> it's funny though. He was like, I could see why you spend a lot of time here. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's got a very yeah. comforting living room vibe. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very nice. Um, and so it's funny. I was I was down in Mexico. We were in uh, Guadalajara, and I was telling him the story of my nickname when I first moved to New York. Um, when, when I first moved here, uh, I was working for Tom Colicchio at Kraft. And uh, I had been an expediter in the kitchen at one of his restaurants at the MGM Grand. Uh, so he was, they were like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, mostly I run food, but I've also been a bar back, a front waiter, a back waiter, a polisher, whatever you have. I've been a maitre d'. And they're like, cool, have you be a food runner? Which was hysterical because I got there. I was the, I think to this day, the one white food runner that ever existed in this kitchen. So when I showed up, I did not speak any Spanish. Uh, and I had never worked in a kitchen that had stairs, like very steep stairs. So I was very yeah, yeah. afraid. I've, I've been in that kitchen. Yeah, actually. you've been in that kitchen. It's it's crazy. It's like an old printing press where like everything was set up downstairs. So you run out of the kitchen. You're just like, whoa, this is very steep. And so you're like, I have like two hundred dollars worth of food above my head, and it's all on cast iron stops. It's very heavy. It's very scary. You think you're gonna drop this? So the first you know couple of months I was working there, I was so slow. I was terrible. And like. My buddy Wilson used to chase behind me with a sharpie and just poke me in the ass the whole way. And he's like, move faster. <laughs> um, and I couldn't figure out why, but all the cooks were super mean to me. Like, they were just, like, constantly hazing me. And I was like, this has got to end eventually. Like, I've been the, the new guy for so long. But, like, FNG, baby. if you were runner number three, you had to make the coffee for all the cooks. And they would make me remake their orders every time. They're like, you didn't froth the, the milk long enough. Like, this needs to be. And I was like. I've never made coffee. I've never had a cup of coffee myself. I don't even know how to make it. So I'm like, someone like taught me how to like froth it. And I'm like doing the whole thing. And they're like, now nah, this one's too sweet. Now I make another one. And they're like, this one's too bitter. So I was like, great. These guys hate me. And so this is going on for a while. And uh, one day there was a snowstorm and uh, they were doing construction on the L train and it was stopping at the Lorimer stop. And at the time I lived off the Jefferson stop right around the corner from here, actually. And uh, they were like, the cooks were like, do you, um, do you want to take the, the shuttle with us? And I was like, are you guys just going to make fun of me the whole time? Like, this is this doesn't seem like a fun ride at all. And they were like, no, no, no. Like, you know, we're all going to take the shuttle. And I was like, I'm going to walk. It's a nice night. They're like, it's snowing out, and you live a mile and a half away. Come get a beer. So I did. And uh, in the middle of this, one of the cooks who had the night off runs in, and he's like, Fog, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I think you're saying my last name weird. It's Job, J-O-B, not Fog. And he's like, I'm a level with you, man. <laughs> we call you Fog because you're slow and you're white. Essentially, you're a fog. <laughs> I, I never knew the origin story. Yeah, of this. that's where uh, it comes from. Fogerton. If you talk to anyone who has worked back at a house that I've known in like you know, almost a decade that I've worked here, they all know me as Fog. Like, I'll never forget uh, the first time I met David Chang. When we were with uh, Damon Wise, who was our executive chef at the time, and he worked in his kitchen at Kraft. And he was like. He's like, oh, David, you know Fog, right? He's like, I don't think he does. He's like, you know why we call him that? <laughs> and he just like just cheers me with his beard and just starts laughing hysterically. So we're down in Guadalajara. I'm telling the story, and Jesus is literally crying, like tears. He's like, this is the funniest story I've ever heard. He's like, but just out of curiosity, like, what, what did your, your Mexican coworkers call you? And I was like, oh, Trabajo. I was like, my last name's Job. And he was like, oh, man, that's almost better. He's like, but we have a word down here that's uh, Chamba. And it's more like, you know, like kind of either being on your grind or like doing like handiwork, like little little jobs. And so he's like, we should call you Chamba instead. And so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll take Chamba. That's probably better than Fog and Chabajo. 
And uh, one night I'm out, and one of our managers down there's a very sweet lady. And then the night she's like, give me a hug. And she's like, oh, senor champitas. <laughs> and from that point on, I have just been champitas to everybody. Uh, like, my mom was like, what does that translate to? I was like, I'm Mr. Little Jobs. Uh, and she's like, that doesn't seem very flattering. And I was like, were any of the nicknames I've had so far? Don't expect them to be all like... Eric Eagleheart, like it's just not happening. I tried to get, I tried to get champs to take hold, but just no one went for it. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so in Mexico, I'm chabitas, and you go down to Mexico a lot because you really love tequila. I really do, um, and it's also great too because uh, my my coworkers, I have two other ambassadors that work in uh, the states with me, and that's Amanda Gunnarsson and Daniel Warlow, uh, and we're both nerds. So anytime we go down to Mexico, we try to go down two days early or stay two days late so we can see as many distilleries as we can. Um, Amanda and I flew down a couple weeks ago and we kind of had a week off from work. So we went down to Oaxaca and, uh, kind of bounced around and drank some mezcal and it's, I mean, just having the opportunity to be down there, we like to take advantage of it the best that we can, but it's, I mean, it's not a bad place to spend some time, um, and be able to call it work, I guess. You've promised me dozens of times you're going to take me with you, but it hasn't hasn't come to fruition yet. I'm still At least he's taken you to Miami a few times, hasn't he? I mean, we we did. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sounds kind of weird when you say it that way. Uh, We we do end up traveling together a decent amount. Just I think because, quite honestly, like when he's gone, I'm like, oh, I miss my buddy, and we'll go to Miami and do that. So I kind of like, I'm in like the jet stream of the Altos ambassadors where. I'm going to work the opening party at Tales of the Cocktail this year. Rad. And yeah. they're not, I mean, like, I don't think that they really know where to put me, but they just put me with the guy who's going to be, like, the most dangerous to me. Kurt Carrillo. Kurt Carrillo from, uh, from Miami, uh, who, like, I introduced to, I introduced uh, him and Russell actually in, at Basic. So Kurt uh, was in, had an injury uh, last year and, like, had to be in a wheelchair to move through mm. um, the airport and this is i love kurt uh he is one of my i don't care for him personally and you have good reason too um (laughs) but he's just one of those people who never stops having energy i've never seen him be like the one that's like we shouldn't do another thing are we you know i'm having the most fun why would we stop having fun right now so he texts me and i'm flying back to to new york from miami and he goes hey i missed my flight what are you doing and kurt is notorious for missing his flights He's like, meet me at Sweet Liberty. And that's where he works and one of my favorite bars in the country. And um, That's a great bar. So I go to meet him. never been. You should take me to Miami as well. Listen, the invitation always stands. Russell just takes me up on it. Zach Peace from Attaboy as well, has, he's come down with me. Um, he and Russell have an ongoing competition to see who can hang better. In their, who, who can yeah. They're both pretty terrible. It, uh, was, <laughs> it was not my shining moment. Sweet Liberty is coming to New York. This is true. Actually. Oh, yeah. It's going to yeah. be good to see. Is Kurt, Kurt's coming too, right? Yeah. Uh, Michael Altos. And uh, so is it still called the Mecca Altos or just Altos? You know, all Mecca um, Altos is fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Sweet Liberty is doing a, a one-night pop-up at Basic. Get out uh, of here. When? In yep. August. August 14th, I believe. Yeah. It's Monday night. A Monday. August 14th. Yeah. Sweet Liberty at Basic. In Which, <coughs> it's a, the funny story about Kurt Real quick, while we're right there, uh, Jay, what, what, where is Basic? <laughs> I mean, we all, we, all know. <laughs> we all know. This is... This is uh, as something that is much debated, uh, but oh. it's in it's what neighborhood it's in. I, I mean, guess. it's always in the same place. Okay, yeah, it's, in, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not like some weird. This isn't lost. Some people say TV shows. Some people call it Williamsburg. Some people call it East Williamsburg. Some people call it Bushwick. It's uh, Williamsburg. It's Williamsburg. It's yeah. uh, it's on Graham Avenue in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, between Manhattan and not Manhattan, Metropolitan, Metropolitan and Devo. You think know I would know this? Not only is it where my bar is, but he it's also the there. same block I live on. Yeah. yeah. Between Metropolitan and Devoe. We pin notes on Jay sometimes. Like, yeah. if lost, please return to Yeah, yeah. And you just push me 
up the stairs. Uh, yeah, in Brooklyn. Right on. Oh, and actually, so we're doing at, at, at Basic on at August basic, 14th. Yeah. That'd be yeah. awesome. I'll um, be there. I'll try and get them to come do a thing at the next it's, it's our annual charity event for a, a charity called Rona Smiles. So all the money that gets made that night goes to a good cause. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a great night. I did, uh, I, it was PDT last year. So. PDT last year, the Dead Rabbit the year before that. Yeah. Um, we've done Attaboy at Basic. And many moons ago, we did the now defunct and terrific New York bar, the Beagle at Basic. Oh, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Missed that place. Yeah, great bar. But actually, uh, you know, if Damon ever stops riding his motorcycle around, we're doing a Brooklyn <laughs> Gin barbecue this Sunday where Damon... That's right. I mentioned it on the show last <clears throat> week. Yeah, Damon, Jan Warren, and Michael Neff are all going to hop on the bar and uh, play some dice and have a cookout in the back. Who's doing the food? People that grill? Jan. Probably Jan. Jan, yeah. he likes to jump on the grill. Oh, I, I thought the boys from Attaboy always did the food for your party, no? So that we, <laughs> Sam and Mickey had thrown a Labor Day barbecue. A Labor Day. For a couple right, years yeah, in yeah, a row. Yeah, okay. And That's what it was. I guess this year they want to do it at Diamond Reef. Uh, <laughs> I heard those guys <laughs> backed out of doing the show today. Uh, <laughs> That's how reliable guys. they are. Yeah. Fuck those guys. So it's cool. <laughs> when you guys all want to go to Diamond Reef for that barbecue, I can be your second choice. <laughs> Russell Dillon, always in line to be second. <laughs> Bring it up full round. <laughs> oh, man, well that's good. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's drink some more tequila. Yeah. And how long have you been doing this now? Uh, I am probably about two and a half years deep. It'll be three years in December. What'd you do before that? Uh, I used to work at a couple of bars. <laughs> I'll actually say uh, Giuseppe always refers to me as failed bartender air job. Um, yeah, all right. Which I'm totally okay with. Uh, I, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, when I stopped, uh, I was working with Souther at Amore Margo. Uh, I was working at Dram uh, in Williamsburg as well as Extra Fancy. With Guffy. Guffy was only showed a few weeks ago. I heard. Bless her. Uh, I've been having a blast uh, planning her wedding with her. Um, <laughs> I'm emceeing her wedding. Yes, which is amazing. <laughs> which, pom, 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 pom. Uh, I'm a groomsman. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to be a bridesmaid, but I got uh, recast. Um, Would that be demoted? It felt like a demotion. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Jackson. I yeah, but, uh, Jackson's pretty cool. Too. Jackson is. Is it, is it mainly because the dress just, you, you couldn't say yes to the dress? I mean, you saw me in the dress. It was not a good look. I've seen you in a and I, here's the thing. I actually said yes to the dress, and uh, everyone the, else said no. But the dress said, uh-uh. And I was like, you ain't fitting in this. <laughs> Which I thought I felt perfectly into it, but whatever. So that's exciting. Um, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you take that mantle as... as Eric Job failed bartender, or, or do you do you miss bartending? Oh my god, uh, this is so much so that uh, my roommates and I built a bar in my living room. Uh, my, because, my former living room. Yep, yeah. actually, Southern Southern is not only one of my best friends, former employee, but he also is a former roommate uh, two times over um, and a great time to it's, live with. It's okay, I'm not jealous. It's not a contest. Hey, listen, you had a, you had a chance. You blew it, bro. Do, um, I have, do I have a second chance? What room? Uh, <laughs> we could definitely kick out Max. Uh, <laughs> What room did you live in, Southern? The one that Max is in yeah. now, the one right off the kitchen. So it's funny, Mac, Max took my shifts at Amore Margo and then took Southern's room at the apartment. Um, <laughs> if we're talking about people who get the second... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's playing cleanup. He's, he's worse than Russell. Uh, <laughs> he's Yay, cleanup. someone's worse than me. <laughs> Oh, Max. Yeah, no, it's, Max is the butt of all jokes. Yeah, he signed up for it. <laughs> it's um, one of those things where he's so sweet and he handles it so well. Max Green, who's a bartender at Amori Margo and also a coup. Partner at coup with Part, me. Yeah. Um, you guys don't know him. <laughs> You'll like him immediately and then have no idea why you want to tease him so badly. And then. Merry Christmas, Max. 
He's Jewish. He fucking hates Christmas. He hates Christmas so much, and it's and it's so he lives with a a bunch of Gentile boys, and so we definitely were like. Well, now we got to deck the apartment out more than we were going to just to upset him. Um, Which it does. It does. Yeah. So we had three Christmas trees um, this year, and we put one in his bedroom while he was gone. And so I was actually I was at a wedding this week, and someone was like, oh, my God, well, he's, like, working. You should go get, like, flannel Christmas sheets and just completely remake his bed. And then the person's husband was like, but who's going to change the sheets? And Kayla and I both looked at each other like, not it, not it. Touching that. I mean, I, I, I did visit the bar last night on our it way home from the party. Leslie's Lounge. Uh, yeah, let's let's it, talk about that for a second. Well, what's your story? You, you, you visited? <laughs> yeah, I visited there last night. Eric immediately hops behind the bar because that's how much he misses it. He's like, what can I get you guys? And it's an amazingly well-stocked bar. And then, <laughs> yeah. then you got a lot of friends who are brand rips. For, for like not really any obvious reason other than he felt bad about the Christmas tree thing with Max, is there's a menorah, but it, it looks like a surfboard where... All the candle holders like make a wave. It was like the most California the, menorah I've ever seen in my life. And the bottom part of it, it looks like a masonry tool. Like it looks like you would be like yeah, like, like a trowel. Like exactly. Like a- Thank you. Um, so last year, right before Hanukkah, I, I unfortunately, as much as I love to tease Max, I, I grew up an older brother, uh, and Max, I think, secretly craved an older brother. So it feels necessary to like bust his balls and be a jerk to him, but at the same time, like. All right, I got to get a menorah because we've decked this place out with Christmas stuff, and he's clearly upset about it. Trying to find a menorah at a thrift store in Williamsburg, hold Greenpoint. On. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. You Le- live in Brooklyn. Yes. You live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I live in Greenpoint, but I wouldn't shy at Williamsburg because I felt like there was you live on the border. Yeah, yeah. Well, of one of the most <laughs> heavily populated Jewish communities outside of Israel on Earth. So you, I was thinking a lot of people would have had menorahs in their thrift stores. But no. No, apparently just, they get they get snapped up like that. So I, mean, I, I was home. Maybe people just aren't selling their, their religious family heirlooms. Well, so this is what's crazy. <laughs> so I, I grew up in a place that there is a, a, a larger Jewish population, and Kayla loves to go to thrift stores. So three days ago, my mom, Kayla, and myself were at a thrift store, and we're going through, and I found three menorahs in like four minutes. And I was like, this is the opposite of Brooklyn. Uh, well, it's a hot item around Hanukkah. Well, of course, Southern, but I didn't yeah, think that yeah, through. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas trees are real easy to get. <laughs> Not Jay, at thrift stores. Jay and I walked across the street from Basic and bought one the day of a holiday party. Uh, which which think, landed in your apartment for the next four months. <laughs> I, I think it landed we, in Max's room. <laughs> I, I think maybe you're making the wrong analogy. Yeah, Christmas trees are easy to get. But maybe go, go look at a thrift store and try and find a crucifix. Okay. Well, Probably not as easy. Well, actually, where we were. Artifact, where, especially where if we you're were. a vampire. It's a religious artifact. There was a, there was a great deal of both. Uh, and you know what? Instead of getting him a crucifix, I got him a menorah. Um, surfboard menorah. I also, I've, I've bought Max a, a lot menorah. of things. Oh, my just my third I'm album, Surfboard Menorah, <laughs> dropping soon from <laughs> Atheist Records. Untitled. Are you still on Atheist? <laughs> we're negotiating my contracts. I also bought Max uh, a robe. Uh, everybody in our house wears bathrobes. Um, Almost exclusively. Yeah, I just, honestly, like especially if I'm entertaining. You know, like one of my favorite people to text me about the bar is uh, Brittany Luttrell. She'll just send me a text that says, "Is the bar open?" And then she'll like show up with like four or five people, and it's like rad. it's awesome. But you know, generally I'm in a robe already, you know, so I'll just put on a Red Sox cap because I really want to be Mayday Malone. Someday I'm going to give up booze and open my own bar, and it's going to be great. Um, so I just and I'll just get behind the bar in that outfit and, and make drinks. So Max was the only person who didn't have a robe. Like all of us have multiple robes. Um, because people know us and they get us cool stuff. 
They like Nets. mushing nesting dolls. They have multiple robes on at one time. It's like the sure. most boring, lazy slip strip routine you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> please, please stop giving away my secrets. Sounds like uh, he was a bouncer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to see a bounce in a robe. <laughs> I've seen it. Um, it's not good. Yeah, so I bought Max a robe because he is just always in his underwear. And I don't know like who taught him how to wear underwear, but he wears it like an inch and a half lower than it should be. So like he walks out in the morning and he's he's got his it's like Al Bundy on both sides like his fingers in his underwear and he's just like he'll like walk into our bedroom in the morning and he'd be like hey guys what's up we're like oh we're naked so maybe don't come in here but he just comes in anyway um, and just for the record he walks into Eric and Kayla's bedroom <laughs> now Russell and I have a different bedroom it's true. Uh, <laughs> Max isn't allowed in there it's called basic <laughs> it's called basic and we try to keep him out but he keeps coming back uh, yeah, so I bought him. He, we call him Two Scoops because he consistently goes to the freezer, and regardless of who has bought ice cream, he takes a spoon, he takes a big scoop, he eats it, he takes a second one, and then he puts it back. He washes the spoon, puts it back in the drawer, and everyone's like, "Max, what the fuck?" And he's like, "It's a victimless crime. It's two scoops. I didn't finish the pint. I just had two scoops." It's so a victimless crime. So you know, his, you know what he says to me all the time. All the time, his phrase to me is, "If you're not cheating, you're not trying." God, he's the worst. How did this turn into being a show about Max? But I don't know, none but he of us won in, again. But I none did. of us invited him here. Right. He is a sneaky, so he's a so. sneaky fucker. I did say bye to him over there. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. I didn't. Tequila, tequila, tequila. Uh, so let's talk about the bar real fast. Leslie's Lounge is the name. Tell yeah. us why. Uh, well, Leslie's Lounge. We actually had a naming party that went <laughs> very, very poorly. <laughs> very poorly. It was a lot of fun, and it was very well attended. But we ended up, we, you know, we have a chalkboard, and generally we'll uh, write out welcome to who is ever coming. Um, and so... I'm going to pause real fast before you tell this story about well, the naming of the bar, and just talk about the bar real quick. It's eight seats. It's a concrete poured top. Yep. The top of the bar is concrete poured. Chris Bidmead and, and you and Max and the it's, whole team kind of built it. it was, it's mostly... It's bigger Bidmead than the bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's bigger than the bar to Moria Margo. Yes. It's probably equally well-stocked because of the people that you know. Yep. You guys were just written up Definitely in a lengthy... Definitely better staffed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys were just written up in a lengthy... <laughs> Hey, sorry. <laughs> you guys were just written up in a lengthy article uh, for uh, Bloomberg Bloomberg report, yeah. right? Lots of photos of the bar. So you go check that out, guys. Uh, the Bloomberg report. What was the title of the article? Do you remember? No, no. had a big picture. Just of delicious Max punch. It was Max though. Yeah, it was. It's it's, it's Max's article, and then we all just kind of made cameos. Uh, uh, you can go check out my uh, t- Twitter account. I'll repost it. Uh, so creative drunk on Twitter. I'll repost it. It was a great article. A lot yeah, of great photos yeah. of this cool in-home bar. And the reason they were so, uh, so excited to write a story about you is because. You guys don't just have, like, quote, unquote, a home bar. You have a bar in your yeah. home. Yeah. And currently working on a tiki bar in the backyard. Yeah, we're yeah, building, yeah. We, we've started construction in the backyard, so. Right. Again, really, again I, if, if, <laughs> if, if Fish ever moves out, I'll take, the, I'll take the lower level. I mean, that's the move. I'll come back. That dungeon's the best. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely come back. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely one of those things. Um, pretty much Chris and, and Max did the bulk of building the bar. Uh, they went upstate and assembled it in pieces, and then... Bidmead came home and brought all the things, and we unloaded it. And uh, I'm not very handy, so I made a soup. And every time he needed me to hold something, they made a trailer. bar. He made a soup. Where your talent lie, you know? Ross or Lomax came over the day that like we finished putting it all together. We hadn't poured the concrete yet, and um, he sat down at the bar. And I um, made him a, I gave him a bowl of homemade soup, and <laughs> Bidmead poured him a drink, and he's like. Whoa, this is really great hospitality. He's like, I would like to write a review. <laughs> <laughs> Four stars on Yelp. 
But, it, you know, it's one of those things when you live with a bunch of people who all have a hospitality background. Um, it is really fun to host people, and we definitely go a little overboard. Uh, I really, my, my plan for the fall is I want to do a, a charity event where I have oh, man. a bar. I, you, you're definitely going to be part of this. Uh, it's My thought process is taking two people from the kitchen, two people from the bar, having somebody work the front bar, someone work the back bar, and then have someone cook in the kitchen, someone work on the grill. And um, my thought process when Eric Castro and um, Kelly and I were all doing the beer ball of shot color, it was an easy way to get people to like show up and like to compete you either had to bring five canned goods or pay 20 yep. bucks and it all went to city harvest uh and it was it was an easy thing to orchestrate and it was a lot of fun and so i kind of want to do that just because we have the space to do it yes and and so that's that's my game plan for when we finish the bar in the backyard and we've already had a few bars and restaurants uh volunteer to do this so hopefully we get that moving and well i'm in for yeah, sure absolutely i could play either role i was gonna say if we do that can i like pretend i still work at a Mori marco uh, you are <laughs> Your, your your baseball card is still on the wall. You are still a, a employee in good standing. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, well, this has been great. Uh, we're going to start wrapping it up. Um, Russell, Dylan from Basic, and Jay is here as well. Uh, let's tag that thing again. Um, August fourteenth. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're doing a, a Sweet Liberty pop up. Sweet at, Liberty at Basic on August fourteenth for uh, as a benefit to, to to benefit the Rona Smiles Foundation, which. Helps people get hospice care that can't afford it in north <coughs> northern New Jersey. And just so to, it's a good a uh, it's a good real good quick. Just paying attention to the show as we've gone through, everyone has talked about doing charity and using booze somehow to benefit other people, and I think that that's something that I really kind of came to since I got back to New York, and it, it's great to see. Yeah, you know, we're all trying to do good while simultaneously doing something that's maybe a little not good. Yeah. Well, do, I mean, do, do good I, while being bad. I don't even look at it that way. I mean, I think we're pretty lucky to all have the jobs that we have and work in an industry that takes care of itself really well. And any time that it's easy enough for us to help out people that don't have it as easy as we do, it, I think it's a great thing to do, and, and it's not hard for us to do. And it's it really, like Russ said, it's exciting to see how many people have embraced that. And Yeah. I'm I think just it's important to balance out my karma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. My guilty conscience weighs heavy there it on is, Shay. shoulders. <laughs> I think it's you know, uh, it's also really uh, easy. I think for us to identify the fact that we certainly do have it kind of better than than a lot of folks. We yeah. get to we get to be be attendees at a party that we throw on yeah. a nightly basis. In the, yeah, in the middle of your shifts or in the middle of your travel or anything, when you get to look around and go like, man, I feel like I'm going to get caught for doing this. And uh, and it's what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of have that feeling a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, again, August 14th, Sweet Liberty. That's also Natalie's birthday. Ooh. I know she's listening because she just texted, you know what day that is? <laughs> <laughs> you have plans. So much of tequila. <laughs> uh, and thanks for being in the studio as well. Eric, my dear friend, former roommate twice over, my former employee, and now the, what are you, I guess you're the, your East Coast co- co-partner of Leslie's Lounge? Oh, co-partner, yeah. I, uh, I think I'm just a head bartender. <laughs> <laughs> head bartender of Leslie's I Lounge. I want to put all the responsibility on somebody else, but I do the liquor ordering and uh, generally the cocktail list as well. And then you've also got a job where you get paid, right? Yep, that's true. Uh, so thank you, Altos, for paying me. I appreciate it. Yeah, Altos tequila, which we're drinking on the show today, and it's fucking delicious. Yeah, it's good. It is the only tequila I carry at Amoria Margo. And I appreciate it's you. to be the only tequila at Coup. Cheers, guys. Uh, thanks for having. Thanks for being on the show. Next week, we've got uh, uh, Jamie Felber, Chris Bidmead. 
from Leslie's Lounge as Leslie's well. Lounge, wow. Those guys are going to come on and talk about this. Uh, what is it? It's like a yoga thing. The BAC. Yeah. What's what's that? What's that stand for? Uh, athletic Club. The Bartender Blood Athletic Club. Alcohol. Content. <laughs> Blood alcohol content. Beverages and cocktails. Um, it stands for a lot of things. Uh, anyway, those guys are going to come on and talk about how, you know, it's pretty important that uh, we stay physically fit and healthy in this particular career. Um, and especially the fact that uh, we've all come to realize that this isn't something that you just do to get yourself through college anymore. This is something you do for 10, 20, 30 years. This is a career, and it's physically demanding. So these guys have taken it upon themselves to try and help us all get in and stay in line um, with our health. Uh, the following week is I'll be – Damon and I will both be down in uh, New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail. Um, and so will you guys, right? It's going to be great. Yeah, We're absolutely. have the opening party, which is when again? That is going to be on Wednesday. Um, so – uh, you know time or location off your head? <laughs> New Orleans. July 19th. Yeah, okay, it's in New Orleans. Uh, and All right. So on Wednesday. We'll post that on Southern's whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll post, <laughs> I'll post that as well. Um, I don't think the RSVPs have gone out yet, but we'll, it'll be out soon. Great. It's going to be awesome. Um, also, Damon and I are going to bring some recording equipment down to New Orleans, and we're going to try and put together nice. a show down there, just roaming around and chatting with people and editing it all together. So that's going to be a fun one. Awesome. Um, and then beyond that, I don't have anything on the books necessarily yet. Um, oh, wait. No, that's a lie. Misty Kalkofen's going to be on. Ooh. Uh, on yeah, everybody makes make noise yeah. for that one. Uh, on August 2nd. She's also, that same day, going to come and do a guest bartending gig at Coup for the charity of her choice. Ooh. Uh, well, count me in for both. Yeah, that's going to be rad. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for being in the studio. Thanks, Kayla, for being in the background and, and just hanging out and throwing Drink dice. Drinking tequila. <laughs> Drinking tequila. Uh, thanks, Jay, for everything you do over at Basic. Uh, that wraps it up for this week's show. Please tune into the Heritage Radio Network for thousands more shows just like this. If you've got the time, go on the website, heritageradionetwork.org, press the beating heart button, and donate so we can keep uh, shows like this one alive. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers. Thank you Cheers. very much. Thank you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.